0: Welcome to the History of the Batman with London, brought to you by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in Hollywood, California. This is where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures in comic art and literature, the Batman. My name is Adam Silverstein, and as always, I am joined by London. From the shadows, we are joined by the mysterious, mysterious voice of Shadow Adam. History of the Batman with London is produced and engineered by Mason Booker London how are
1: you I'm awesome how are you doing
0: Oh that's so great <laughs> do you do you usually say awesome when i ask I don't think you do No so this, so this is going to be So a, yeah,
1: I'm, feel, I'm feeling good <laughs> <laughs>
0: This must be a I don't know what we must have a special topic here today that got you feeling awesome I
1: I think it's going to be a fun one.
0: I actually think it's going to be a great <laughs> one too because truthfully, I did not realize that. Well, I don't want to spoil it. So why don't you tell me what the title is and then I'll go into my thought?
1: Well, this episode we are going to be talking about Batman live action movies and the comic books that influence them.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, are you okay? I'm I'm getting excited here. Getting excited, <laughs> so I gotta think about what I'm gonna ask you. So we're talking about the Batman movie starting with Jack as Joker.
1: No, we are going to go all the way back to oh. the nineteen forty three serials. We're going we're doing back. Oh, all we're going way, yeah. way back. We're going all the way back. Ooh. Yeah.
0: That nah, I didn't even realize that. I'm thinking <laughs> we're going Michael Keaton style. We will. Up to the, oh, we're getting there. But but you got stuff before that,
1: yeah. I Holy think smiths. all of them should be covered. Just discuss a little bit.
0: Well, I think that's a great idea. I <laughs> didn't even realize we were going that deep. <laughs> this should be listened to on Thursday. Does that make sense to anyone? Throwback Thursday. <laughs> Why is Throwback Thursday? Is it just because it's throw and it's T H and T H? Yeah,
1: I don't know who who uh, coined that, but. Yeah, it just goes together.
0: All right. Alliteration.
1: woo Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The English language is so
0: fun. (laughs) All right. Well, good. I'm glad that we are going way back because, again, I didn't realize that we could do that. (laughs) But I guess with comic books, we can do anything. So take me back.
1: Well, first I wanted to thank listener sarah gonzalez because she emailed me at history of the batman at gmail.com
0: sarah
1: and she requested actually what comic books influenced the nolan verse which your batman begins the dark knight and the dark knight rises i thought that's an awesome idea but i would probably want to spend a whole episode on the nolan verse just talking about it in general so i thought let's talk about all of the live action movies and their comic book influences so i thank you sarah for listening and for pretty much giving us this topic
0: sarah you are awesome (laughs) we should like do a incoming voicemail message for sarah i wonder if you'd use that (laughs) welcome to sarah's phone on history of the batman (laughs) with london does that work? Would she? Who would you want that, Mason? Would you want my voice on your? <laughs> I, you probably want London's voice.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on what you said and who
0: said it. Okay. Well, Sarah, you're awesome. I hope uh, you have a great day, <laughs> and you, you use my voice on your answering machine. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Go on.
1: All right. So, just I guess before we even start with the cereals, people a lot of people are introduced to Batman through the movies. They don't read comics or anything. It's either the movies or the TV shows or video games or other media. You don't have to be introduced to a superhero through comic books. I mean, I wasn't. I was introduced to Batman from the through the 1966 show. I watched the reruns. And I know so many people love the Batman live action Whether it's the Tim Burton or Schumacher or Nolan or the 66 movies or even the serials, whichever is your favorite, watching those movies, you you feel that you really are getting to know Batman. And what I think is so important is that it all comes together from the original source material, which... Are the comic books. So I thought if you knew, if you really like one movie and you discover, wow, they have a lot of those plot points from this comic, you might want to go read that comic. So that's what we're going to explore today. Yeah. We're, we're going to see what influenced what you, some of your favorite scenes and
0: movies. That is so cool. You know, I I know that most people don't know that the new Avengers and the whole current marvel universe was uh, inspired by the ultimates and in fact in the ultimates they used samuel jackson's likeness for nick fury (laughs) and then he actually became himself right right? they needed him to play the part because that was the guy that they modeled the first nick fury over or after and i knew that with marvel because i'd read that stuff but i am really fascinated the fact that batman movies are based off of comics. Yeah. I probably should have made that connection, <laughs> but I didn't.
1: Right, there are some original parts in film that they just came from the movie, but most of it is influenced off of some publication from from what I've seen. So So
0: tell me how many movies or TV shows or pieces of visual media or moving motion picture media that we're going to be discussing today.
1: Well, we'll be discussing both of the serials, the '66 film, Tim Burton's two films, Schumacher's two films, and Nolan's three. So about ten. Okay. I'm going to.
0: All right. Well, we got to move.
1: Right. It's gonna. It's gonna go. We're but gonna but flow. I think we can... <laughs> let's rat,
0: Let's hit this stuff. It'll get. More, I don't want to rush you.
1: Right. I think it'll be more detailed once we go down the line because the earlier ones it's it's not as intense I think as once you get into the Schumacher right. and especially the Nolan verse. But
0: I I'm interested. still. But
1: I thought we should at least include the serials because yeah, they were the first. Of course. Of course they were black and white serials. The first one was by Columbia Pictures. It had, it was a 15 chapter series and it came out in 1943 and Lewis Wilson was Batman and Douglas Croft was Robin. Now within the movie, the villain is kind of a, uh, is a Japanese terrorist type and just the movie itself—it's influenced not only by the Batman and Detective Comics that were in the late '30s, early '40s, but it was really influenced by the height of World War II. So it's more, lo- more influenced by actual outs—what's happening outside of comics—but the themes themselves are f- influenced by World War II and the costume. However, by Batman's costume, it's a little... The film itself was low budget. So just starting off of that, you don't have the really uh, fancy Batmobile or the really stylized Batsuit, but the Batsuit was influenced by his first suit in Detective Comics 20. But that
0: that cow... He looks like an yes. absolute clown. <laughs> I mean, look at this forehead on that.
1: Yes, I
0: mean it's folding over.
1: It's it's almost too big for him. Everything yeah. is a little too big. I mean, that looks like <laughs> it
0: looks like a like a kid put that costume together. Right, it's hard to believe that in Hollywood they would have let that go. Right,
1: but yes, it was definitely a low budget film, so <laughs> they looks... did what 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 they could do, yeah. but. Most of the the action within it was based off of the type of adventures they had in the early 30s and 40s. And what's interesting is that the character of Alfred within the film influenced the Alfred that we see in the comics. So it's kind of backwards. Oh, yeah. So his style and how he looked is the Alfred that we know today. So... It was a little backwards they both influenced one another but then we go to the serials they came back at batman and Robin, in 1949 and that they were in, they were influenced by co- batman comics especially when they introduced vicki vale who originally came out in batman 49 in 1948 and even the batmobile it's still Not the fancy Batmobile you know, but it was still a Mercury, which was designed by Dick Sprang in Detective Comics 142. So they took a little bit of the inspiration from Sprang's design of the Batmobile and tried to place it as much as possible within the film. But once again, these films were kind of low budget and the costumes were a little not as great or form fitting as they are now, but they were still influenced by Batman's cape and cowl that he wore in the early comics. So all, so these two of course were inspired by the golden age of comics this period between 1939 and now it'll be the mid fifties. And so we don't get to another live action until 1966. But what's important to note is that even though the black and white serials, they may seem silly or it doesn't really fit. They didn't do you may think, oh, they didn't do the Batmobile right or his suit or he wasn't a good Batman or anything like that.
0: Or he's wore his underpants too high
1: or (laughs) or any of that. The the. The serials existing is the reason why they wanted to do the 66 show in the first place. Right. They wanted to do a show that was kind of paying homage to that, but maybe a little updated, but it was still in terms campy.
0: All right, be honest with me. How many of the serials have you watched?
1: I've I've actually watched most of them. I've watched all fifteen chapters of the nineteen forty three one, and I've watched most of the nineteen forty nine. Really? Yeah.
0: How recently?
1: <laughs> um maybe a few months ago because you can actually see them all on YouTube if you don't want to go and really? buy them. Yeah.
0: Okay. So they're available? <laughs> they
1: are available. You can actually buy them. But... And are
0: they watchable? I mean, what are when you're watching them, are you watching them because you're London and you just need to absorb all <laughs> Batman stuff? Or are you watching it for the artistic thing or artistic stamp that it was back in the day? Are you... Uh, what are you doing?
1: Well, now? kind of. Both, because I'm I'm a pretty big uh, black and white film, silent film buff. I really like that, mm-hmm. and and I wanted to see how Batman was in the '40s as a Batman fan, right? because for, for, for me, even though I have a particular favorite Batman or favorite movie. I want to see anything that Batman's in. So when I first learned that the serials were actually available, because of course they updated it, especially during the in the mid '60s, they made it more watchable, I suppose. Right. So I figured I sh- I should watch them. So, so you could people. just do it. You, yeah. That's just you. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs>
0: you <So>. are all <laughs> Batman. So is that is that your mission ultimately to absorb all Batman?
1: That that would be great. I'm not trying to pressure myself, but I'm like that. That that would be great if I can. <laughs> 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 like I know I'll never be able to read all the appearances of Batman in comics cuz that's like 7000 <laughs> comics. Yeah, or but something. you've read like but what 5000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's just it's a continued mission that'll probably go on f- for, for the after. rest of your life. Yeah, but that's okay.
0: I no, just so bad. when you have a spare <laughs> moment, do you decide, "Ugh, oh, I should do the comic." How do you prioritize reading the comic or watching a show?
1: When I have free time, which it seems like I never do, but when, especially if I'm talking about something on the page, I always want to try to actually read the comic that I'm talking about, but...
2: Oh, okay. I, I know we're not going to bed when we get home. We have uh, Gotham on the DVR, and I know we're going to be watching that before I get to go to sleep. Oh, boy. Yeah, so...
0: I love how she keeps Shadow Adam <laughs> there in the shadows no matter where she is. Just so no, she has a buddy. But... Yeah.
1: <laughs> but But, yeah, it's... It's more. It's not even like I'm prioritizing. It just feels like, well, this is, this is what I want to do. If I have time, sure, I'll read this or I'll watch this or something. Or, or even if I'm going, usually I'll go to sleep on animated series or, or something like that. It's <laughs> <You're>, always. <laughs> you're
0: a, how do you find time for other stuff?
1: <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I,
0: what I want to know is how you do the instagram posts i I mean because you put out maybe two at least two a day yeah and all that writing in there are you doing that while you're doing something else
1: sometimes yeah but i at night i'll write them before Ah. and then i'll put them out but then if i but sometimes yeah but then sometimes if i don't have time or if something happens or
0: and you've recently found twitter
1: Yes, I have, and
0: you love it.
1: It's fun. You are yeah. crushing Twitter right now. <laughs> I'm not really used to Twitter, but I like it. It's fun. Oh. So yeah, you guys should follow me on on twittercom slash Batman I'm I'm always posing something. Yeah,
0: it's <laughs> it's great stuff. But you, I mean, that's a recent thing for you
1: yeah i've only been doing it for i don't even know like a month or something yeah yeah so maybe a
0: little longer a little
1: longer but
0: but not much yeah not before we met
1: no you weren't
0: doing it before. i wasn't you weren't so. doing it before the podcast
1: no i wasn't so yeah so it's a little yeah it's been more than a month but but yeah that's new because i was but you're a
0: machine <laughs> is that right shadow adam
2: uh, yeah, she's definitely a machine with the posting. Um,
0: does it get well, annoying?
2: <laughs> yes. I refuse to answer that yes, on the basis does. that it may harm myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> because it's the most amazing thing. I don't know how. I don't. I barely have enough time to favorite all your tweets. <laughs>
2: I I try to read them and keep up with them and keep up with the crazy comments and it, she she says she reads every comments, I I don't know how she reads all the comments because I try to read all the comments sometimes just to make sure that. No one's harassing her or anything like that. And it's it's crazy. I can't keep up.
0: Yeah, I can't keep I don't even know how to view conversations. That's, I'm still so yeah, bad. Like at on
1: it. like on Instagram, I read I read every comment.
0: Well, I know you do Instagram. For Instagram sure. you pay attention to, and by the way, congratulations for costing two hundred thousand followers. That's
1: insane. Thank you. <laughs>
0: and thanks to all the listeners and followers of Instagram. But you know i'm talking twitter but now yeah, and you're twitter, crushing yeah. twitter
1: twitter it's 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 much more calm than instagram i think that's
2: why
0: i'm isn't okay that crazy with- <laughs> most people think the opposite
2: yeah it's much more calm i think what she likes about twitter is she's getting direct interaction with the creators because when she's mentioning them in the tweets they're oh yeah yes. and responding to her tweets
1: okay and that's pretty cool because yeah. sometimes they do on instagram but right. it, it'll, it'll get it seems- crushed in all of the rest of right. everything but on twitter if i at Alex Sinclair, he'll retweet it. I'm like, oh, my God, he's it. So I I freak out a little bit. Yeah. But it's cool. I think that's I, – I like that And I think
0: more people cool. now are <laughs> into linking or communicating through Twitter at least yeah. to start a conversation. Yeah,
1: because you can go back and forth really easily and it won't get lost in other people in that same thread. It's your own separate thing. Which I think is cool. Especially people who have actually tweeted to me about the podcast. And have said, hey, I picked up this book because you mentioned it. And then I can talk to them about it. And so I think that's It's really an cool. easier conversation
0: yes. to handle, to manage.
1: Totally, Yes.
0: And you're also promoting uh, Comics the Movie.
1: I am. Which actually is going to be playing on saturday on halloween at kamikaze kamikaze yes wow so i'll that's definitely...
0: la's own pop culture event <laughs> Kamica- kamikaze use the promo code melt and get discount tickets see london actually on stage i know what are oh you gonna be doing goodness. tell everyone
1: <laughs> well i'll have more information really soon actually but I am going to be a part of a panel that is going to be a battle of the Batman. There will be 10 of us, I believe, and we each will have a specific Batman. And with facts alone, not opinions, we will debate and say why our Batman is the definitive Batman. Cool. So once I know more information and all that, I will let you guys know. You'll tweet it. You'll yep. Instagram it. I'll say it on here. Everything. There but you I'm go. very excited. I get to go on a Batman panel, which is awesome. I get to talk more about Batman. <laughs> there you go.
0: That's, how, that's what you got to do. You just do things that involve Batman. And that way you can just talk about it, tweet about it, Instagram about it. You're probably Instagramming right now.
1: No, but I should. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, sorry. We okay. got away from the I so know. the cereals cuz I, you know, I'm always going to be fascinated and I'll continue to ask those questions, but let's get back to the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> okay, cereals we went over that was inspired by the original source material. Right. And I don't want to. You go because I don't.
1: Right. It was inspired by the original comics and Batman detective comics, and even the outside source of just history, the World War II, and that's how the villains were shaped, and kind of the PC stuff that you can't really say now. It's, it all had an influence on the serials, and the serials influenced the creation of the 66 series, which. The first it came out in January of 1966, the television show, the live action show with Adam West and Burt Ward as Batman and Robin. And then that summer they made a live action movie, which, of course, at the time, it said that they were influenced by contemporary comics, which means they were influenced by the Silver Age, Batman, Detective Comics of the 60s. So if you saw the characters within those comics, within those comics from the early and late nineteen sixties. They literally took those from the panels and put them in the film. Those were definitely the sources for that movie. What was
0: the source again?
1: The silver age comics. Just so there was I mean the Batman detective comics books. Do
0: you have specific issues or do you it's just a general It was
1: more just a general lifting, and, of course, when you look at Inspiration
0: is a better word.
1: Right. There was just a general inspiration from those comics, those happening at that time. Mm. So now we would say Silver Age, but at the time, they were like, the series and the movie were influenced by contemporary comics, which, at the time, they weren't silly or campy. That's just how the comics were. That's how they were written and drawn, and so it's kind of the same thing for the serials. They were influenced by the comics that were happening at the time, the ones in nineteen thirty-nine and throughout the forties.
0: But were there specific stories in the comics, for example, a two-issue story arc that inspired a movie?
1: Well, for the for the sixty-six show, I mean. For the '66 movie, it was more that had an original story, but the characters were based off of characters within the '60s comics.
0: I see. So we're in, so, so when I didn't mention earlier, Ultimates was a twelve issue limited series that right. clearly was the foundation right. for the characters, and that that basic story you're talking also about maybe a bigger arc maybe not necessarily 12 issues but the bigger arc
1: the bigger arc just the that that set the foundation right the more single arcs we'll see in the later movies that definitely there'll be specific arcs and books that influence certain character scenes and things like that but in the early 40s 50s 60s it was just in general what was happening in the comics right. that was the main source so for those the comic books were really important and if, and they had creative liberty of course how they designed the Batcave cave and how they designed certain characters and things like that but it was all really the main source were the comics it isn't until we get to our next film the the Burton verse, the Tim Burton movies, that we see that we kind of get a little bit more specific with the films. So and the, the Tim, comics.
0: It's in Tim Burton verse. Yes. That's what you call it. Burton verse. Burton verse.
1: <laughs> Other people call it that too, I think. If not, they should.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you are now. <laughs> Tweet it out. It's now called the Burton verse. <laughs> Burtonverse, this is with Michael Keaton. Right. And Jack
1: Nicholson. The f- the first movie, Batman, that was in 1989. And at the time, at least going back a couple years, the, the comics started to become much darker, of course, and that was thanks to books from Frank Miller, such as The Dark Knight Returns and Year One. And so... Tim Burton, he even says he wasn't a big comic book reader, but he liked the tone of books such as The Dark Knight Returns and even Alan Moore's The Killing Joke. He liked that kind of darkness that it had to these characters, to Batman, to Joker, and so he wanted to bring that likeness to the movie. So a lot of, there may not be specific, scenes that that were exactly like the books but for for Tim Burton for this movie he wanted this Batman to of course be radically different than the Adam West Batman which was the last live action Batman you saw so now seeing that they're making comics that even adults can read he wanted to bring his Batman back to that kind of gothic dark look and definitely Miller's books and The Killing Joke were stepping stones towards creating that script. So for the 1989 movie, those two books were definitely the influences. And you'll even see later that for the Jokers, The Killing Joke always seems to be the book that, or at least one of the books that are being used for trying to shape the kind of Joker they are. So it's very interesting. But even going into the Batman nineteen ninety two, the the sequel for Tim Burton, it there Burton verse yes the Burton verse, <laughs> as we continue with that, and then you still have Michael Heaton, and you have all of these new characters. It's a much darker film than um, than even the first one because. Burton began to be influenced by a lot of the early 90s comics they kind of gave a much darker feel like for example uh the first arc in Legends of the Dark Knight which well the second arc actually that was by Grant Morrison that's called Batman Gothic or Peter McGillan's Batman Dark Knight Dark City or even when the Elseworlds Doug Mensch and Kelly Jones batman and dracula red rain those books that kind of had that gothic dark feel they wanted to incorporate that into batman returns and i think that's why we have the type of penguin you see in danny devito and michelle pfeiffer's Catwoman, and just the whole feel of it gave it a much more bleak tone and those books definitely were an influence but then the drawback, of course, was that it wasn't marketable to kids, and that's why the whole Tim Burton left the project, and that's how we come to the Joel Schumacher films.
0: The Schumacher verse,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, doesn't roll off the doesn't tongue, roll off the tongue like Burton verse, right? But but some people don't even want to talk about Schumachers, so
0: maybe But not hard. you. But not me. You hit no. that head on and yes. talk about it.
1: Talk about everything. It happened. It happened. <laughs> this is the this was
0: uh, this was the jump to shark moment.
1: Mason's like no. <laughs>
0: but you know what? I, here's here is the importance of this. Schumacher verse that was only a one shot
2: because <laughs> no
0: one wanted to go see his second Schumacher. But here is the main point in my mind that after that movie, it essentially destroyed superhero films for the next decade, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was really nothing coming. People were scared to death (laughs) to touch superheroes because no one wanted to see nipples on plastic costumes, (laughs) among other things. And then it took uh, Avi Arad to shop, start shopping the Marvel characters, and he started with Blade.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: and brought it back once Blade showed success. Then he got X-Men made, right? Right. And then after that, it was, okay, we got to get Spider-Man. When Spider-Man blew the doors off of everyone, that set everything in motion. And DC said, we got to get back in this game because <laughs> this is crazy. Right. And brought probably what you're going to talk about after Schumacher is the, you know, Nolanverse. Right. Yes. Which many people argue that e- are three of the best superhero movies or the best bur- verse, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but three of the best group of movies of all time.
1: Yeah, people say that's one of... Some people would argue that it is... The trilogy is one of the best trilogies. Some right. people say that it's the best, and I'm like, no. There are tons of other movies, I think. That's hard to argue. But in superhero trilogy, they argue that's one of the best.
0: But at least the second one with Joker. Right. Possibly being people's most enjoyed or favorite superhero movie of all time.
1: Right. Yes.
0: There's a lot of people who would make that argument. Oh, definitely. And those people have Schumacher to thank. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right right. because they had to step up their game to combat what marvel was doing <laughs> and it wasn't be- and it wasn't it was you know it marvel started that because someone had to get back in the game because marvel was basically going bankrupt right. and they needed to get their stuff out there and so avia Arad said we need to Make these characters into movies, which will then sell toys and merchandise, because that's the way we're going to do it. It's not going to be through the comic books. The true value of these characters is unlocked in the movies, and he saw that, but no one else was touching these things because of Schumacher. Yeah. Okay, so get into Schumacher and why he's important, <laughs> in your mind, for the Batman purpose. Besides, yeah.
1: Well... For at least for what we're talking about today, Schumacher actually based his films on comics. (laughs) He based it on the Dick Sprang era, the 1950s, 1960s TV series, made it much more light, much lighter, kid friendly, and that's pretty much going off of d c Warner Brothers saying Batman Returns was way too dark. We can't market it. We can't sell it to everybody. We want all everyone to see our film, so we need to change it up and that's why Schumacher essentially went with the kind of golden silver Age comic lightness of the film, and what's interesting is that. Before, Schumacher wanted to do Miller's Batman Year One as a live action, but it didn't go through. So I'm always curious as to, mm. it's, they're very different. <laughs> if yeah. he's trying to do a Year One and then he wants to do Dick Sprang's version of Batman, those are so radically different. So I'm always curious, I've always been curious to see what he would have done with
0: that Yeah, film. what that vision would have been.
1: But we go, well, now, after Batman Returns, we have Batman Forever, which came out in 1995. We have Val Kilmer as Batman. And the main villains are T- Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face and Jim Carrey's Riddler, which a lot of people say those two characters. We're back to the Burton verse, right? We're, we're on Schumacher.
0: Oh, we're on Schumacher. I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why we talked we started talking about Schumacher, you talked about
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, then I thought but I thought the I thought Mr. Freeze was the Schumacher.
1: Mr. Freeze is Schumacher.
0: Oh, so oh okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh he did two? Yeah. Oh Burton Verse did how many? Two. And Schumacher did two? Yes. There were two? <laughs> oh my god. I guess I didn't pay attention. <laughs> How'd they let him do two? <laughs>
1: Right, that's what I'm saying. Two okay, Face and Riddler's performance in Batman Forever, I think, is the reason why it was saved, and it was we were able to get Batman and Robin, which is where. Mr.
0: Okay, that's it. it. That's so.
1: The... Sure. So we're on Batman Forever, and of course, the Dick Sprang comics. My were... theory
0: still holds up before, though. By the way, <laughs> About Nolan verse people thanking Schumacher.
1: That is true. I do agree with you with that though. Okay. It, because yes. Definitely, because the bat nipples and all that we'll get to. That's, I agree. <laughs> um, but yes, the the tone of it is very Silver Age. But the characters themselves, they were still based loosely on the comics. Two Face getting the well, Harvey Dent being the district attorney. He's in the courtroom, and then he has the acid splash on his face by Boss Moroni. That's all from his original origin story in Detective Comics 66 from 1942. And it's still the same, the way that he deals with the coin, the way that he talks in the third person. That's all from the 90s comic Batman Annual 14, where it has that brilliant Neil Adams cover of him as Two-Face. Andrew Heffler wrote it. It's a brilliant Two faced story. If anyone's a Two Face fan, you have to read that. And for the Riddler, it's interesting because his origin story is still the same from Detective Comics one forty from nineteen forty eight. The way that he he kind of was in the in, in an industry, and then he wanted to grow, and then he went against his supervisor, and that scene where he kind of pushes him out that's from that's from his origin where he's in Wayne Enterprises because in this movie he works as part of Wayne Enterprises and then he ties his supervisor in the chair and then he throws him out the window that's all part of the comic book origin that was technically in the story so even though Schumacher changed the tone completely he still kept a lot of the comic book elements that were originally there in the golden age in the characters and those characters I think kept alive or was the reason why he was able to make another film because Even though financially it was fine, it wasn't recepted well. And even looking at Dick Grayson, the Flying Graysons, the circus, Bruce Wayne attending, seeing the tragic death of his parents, that's all in in Dick Grayson's origin, Detective Comics uh, 38. So it's all still referencing the Golden Age comics, the Silver Age comics from the 40s. Schumacher used those to make his characters. So even though it, people don't like it, it still is based off of the comics that
0: that people love. So so that just tells you you can go mess up some good comics. So <laughs> don't. So don't. <laughs>
1: but people are capable.
0: But people are capable. Well, it's really anyone's vision. Plus, I believe, when you have Hollywood's corporate side... Right. Pushing and molding and not really knowing stuff. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that you find now is that Hollywood has said comic book people actually know how to do stuff. <laughs> and we can trust them with these Hollywood films. Right. I mean, Jeff Loeb is, was a fantastic comic book writer. Yes. And he's essentially running... Marvel's movie world. Everything is
1: filled right? like, yeah. And but he's a fantastic writer, and and one of my
0: favorites. It just seems like you, if you do not keep the integrity of the character any longer, you will get ripped to shreds. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely. You know, you
0: come out with Callie, or Callie, Halle Berry's Catwoman, <laughs> and no one will see it. Because right. no one knows who that is.
1: Right, it's not the it's not the Catwoman that everyone knows. You could put, even if it's Halle Berry. Right, <laughs> she is one of the
0: most attractive women in the past fifty years. Right. In media, and, and yet, and that movie was a stinker. It was, and yeah. not even a, I'm sure. Oh, did you rip on it a little bit? A little. Ooh, positive. I did read. Oh, my God. No,
1: I did read that it was very, very loosely based off of DC Comics Catwoman. Mm. That they really took a lot of liberty and did their own thing. That's the only reason why I'm like,
0: eh. Okay. You will still see the light in that. Wow. (laughs) Could you watch that one all the way through? I have. Okay. You forced yourself, didn't you?
1: <laughs> it w- I Because I tried to think of it, because people think when they watch that movie, if they do or when they did, I think they tried to put it in the context of DC. Of Selena Kyle. She's not Selena Kyle. Right. So if I, you watch it, it's just a regular action, adventure, right. whatever movie, then sure. Right. It may be okay. But if you put it in that context, you're like, this is... Awful right, yeah
0: okay that 's a very positive way once again, <laughs> you turn the dark into light, which is crazy <laughs> because your character that you love so much turns the light into dark <laughs> <laughs> He needs you by the way, Batman does
1: uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking there, shadow adam <laughs> you 're feeling jealous.
2: No, it's a horrible movie. She knows it. She just won't say it. No, I'm
1: serious. If you don't put it in that Selena Kyle, Catwoman, DC context, it is not the worst movie ever. It's not. But if you do...
2: The Raspberry Awards say otherwise.
1: Okay, well, still, it's because people thought she was Selena Kyle and she wasn't. Right.
0: So basically, we should not be talking about that movie because this is the history of the Batman with characters who relate to the Batman comics. And since that was totally nothing that related to anything, we shouldn't even be talking about it. Is that what you're saying, Shadow Adam? You're just saying it sucks. (laughs) All right.
2: Fine, fine. Well, that's an argument. I'm not argument here to that, argue yes. about Halle Berry. <laughs> right. And I agree; she is one of the most attractive women in the world. And that still didn't make up for it.
0: Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> so I tried to save it. You did.
1: Everyone heard. I tried.
0: You're you're you're, you're very positive. <laughs> I will say that. All right.
1: Okay, so... So
0: now that Joel Schumacher's your favorite.
1: <laughs> well, we're on the the next Schumacher film since, like I said, I think Two-Face and Riddler's role definitely saved the film, made money, it was marketed. I mean, I had the Riddler cups from McDonald's. I it, it totally sold way more than I think the Batman Returns Tim Burton. So I understand. So they made... Batman and Robin in 1997 and there was a new Batman George Clooney is Batman and of course everyone says that Clooney is the worst Batman but I really do think it was more the writing and kind of the (laughs) Mason shaking his head at me but no I I think that George Clooney is the perfect Bruce Wayne but I think because of the writing, I think that his Batman didn't live up to what it could have
0: been. Interesting. <laughs> a perfect I, Bruce Wayne, I do. but a crappy Batman. Yes.
1: How do you feel about his delivery?
0: Mason's asking about his delivery.
1: Well, it's he's in the mindset of the... Oh, hey, like, hey,
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> mason got so upset
1: for this reenactment hey freeze i'm batman (laughs) that was his introduction by the way hey i'm batman
0: hi freeze i'm batman hey
1: yes it it was and then and then before that i'm pretty sure freeze was like everyone chill
2: all right everyone Chill.
1: Chill. Chill. chill And that just kind of cultivates what the whole movie is, really. A whole bunch of puns.
2: The Iceman cometh. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> you want to tell them about a drinking game that didn't oh, last
1: 20 Oh, that's... <laughs> that's right. On Batman Day, we, uh, well, I said, okay, I want to watch a Batman movie. And, uh, and they had Batman and Robin. And I said, okay, for. Every pun, take a shot. And we're drinking rum, and within the first what four like 14 minutes, oh, fourteen minutes, yeah, fourteen twenty minutes, we 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 had like ten shots. Oh, boy. <laughs> So that that'll. I mean, I, I didn't realize. Don't <laughs> um, but, so don't do it <laughs> unless you just want to pass out but but the movie it was it it was said that it's supposed to be an homage again to the 66 show and all of that and so that's why it was so silly and campy and even Clooney's Batman like I said he is the perfect Bruce Wayne within if you look at 60s Bruce Wayne in comic books it looks just like him he it's it's crazy how much it's perfect. But his delivery as Batman, it lacked. Uh, it so, did.
0: I freeze. I'm Batman. Yeah.
1: But within what he, how he was supposed to be, kind of this kind of little goofy a little bit, with the film, how the writing was, that's what he was supposed to do. Right. So he's you're saying actor. he's a perfect actor and the <laughs> writing
0: was terrible. Yes. He acted a perfect crappy Batman. Yes. Okay. Good. Well, there's positivity in that. (laughs) So you once again can do that. It's it's your superpower.
1: (laughs) And the and then Robin Chris O'Donnell it the suit actually they kind of and they even reference it in the movie. They talk about Nightwing in the. The bird, the red bird across his chest, you know, if you look away from the the robin nipples and all of that stuff, it was supposed to be kind of referencing Scott McDaniel's Nightwing in the 90s, that shape of the bird on his chest. So it was still in design influenced by 90s comics. Okay. So.
2: So you won't admit that it would have been better if Patrick Stewart had gotten a nod. I am
1: going to Mr. Freeze now. So we'll get there. Stop. (laughs) Okay. So, and we even learned this on the Kelly Jones episode. Right. That when he did Mr. Freeze for one book in Batman 525, I think, that... His design, they wanted that design for Mr. Freeze in the film. So instead of Patrick Stewart, they had Arnold Schwarzenegger who fit that design. And so, once again, comics influenced the no, character in the movies. Yeah. Even if people hated it, and he he says a lot of puns. And now I really know he says a lot of puns. <laughs> um, but even... What happens in the movie, even in the beginning, when he's stealing diamonds or stealing ice, which is a pun in itself, that reference his debut as Mr. Zero in Batman 121 from 1959 because he's stealing diamonds for his ice gun. So it's all still related to comics. And then you have um, Alicia Silverstone as... As Barbara and she is supposed to be Alfred's niece and a lot of people didn't like that because she turns out to be Batgirl but you learn that she is kind of a mixture character between Betty Kane, Batgirl, which we talked about in the character spotlight of Barbara Gordon, how there was the first Batgirl, but she was more of like a love interest type, and that kind of was reflected because Chris O'Donnell's character was attracted to her. She's a mixture of that, and Alfred in the comics actually does have a niece named Daphne, and she appears in Batman Two Sixteen from nineteen sixty nine, and he embraces her just like he does in the film, and she's. Of course, not a huge character. She pops in and out, but she's kind of a mixture of that. So even her character, she turns in into Batgirl, is still a mixture from comics, which are all kind of dated relatively in the Silver Age, which the movie was kind of homaged towards.
0: All right. Well, there <laughs> we go. More influence coming straight from the pages.
1: Yeah, and even things like... Alfred being sick, because in that movie, he's sick. That's kind of mirroring when Aunt Harriet was sick, and then they had to go to Mr. Freeze to help, because he had a formula to help her because she needed cryogenics. That's from a comic from, it's a Detective Comics book. And then you even have just Poison Ivy, Uma Thurman. She is influenced by kind of her her debut which was in I think 1966 and it was in Beware of Poison Ivy when she influences Batman she's like come away with me and she kisses him and that's kind of the dynamic where Batman and Robin kind of fight over her because they're under her spell and then we we have Bane and that's probably the hardest to, to, swallow. <laughs> to swallow since Bane is my favorite but I'm um, yeah, I'm sure they had some type of in- let's let's look.
0: let's skip that bane.
1: Ah, you want to skip that bane?: I'll
0: tell you why, because we're going to talk about bane again.
1: We are, and
0: I know you're going to be positive about that one. Yes. <laughs> I don't want you to get down. I want you to be happy and think about what we got to go to, which is a nicer bane to your liking. Unless you want to talk about that, because you might have a soft spot for the crappy
1: Bane. Bane is my favorite, and even though he isn't the Bane that I wanted him to be, because it's definitely not equal to his Nightfall persona, I was just happy that they did have Bane. But, of course, yes, when we get to the Nolan verse and, and, and we get to Bane there, I'll I'll have some notes and be a little bit more positive. <laughs>
0: Good. <laughs> so are we on the Nolan verse yeah, now? Yeah
1: we're we're here. So for for Sarah Gonzalez that hopefully she's listening. <laughs> we're at the part she wanted to talk about. Sarah Soul <laughs> <all> for you. <laughs> so like you said, it led to Christopher Nolan taking over, and we have Batman Begins in two thousand five. And Christian Bell for all three of the films we'll talk about is Batman. And it's
0: Who's that villain?
1: Well, in Batman Begins, it's Scarecrow. Okay. So <laughs> and um and Batman Begins is has a lot of comic influenced actually but the biggest one probably the most heaviest one is Frank Miller's Batman Year One because Batman Begins Technically is a year one story. It's a story uh, you see the Wait
0: Scarecrow was the only villain in that one? Well, Who trained yeah. Batman?
1: Well in here it, well, it's Ra's al Ghul. What? <laughs> Which always How did you just say that? <laughs> the father's name was pronounced Raish, not Ras. A common mistake. Oh my goodness!
0: I just was setting that up. Boy, you fell for oh, yeah, that I one.
1: That. I was not even. That wasn't even in my <laughs> thought
0: process. <laughs> yeah, Mason's going to enter the clip to just prove his point. Okay, but well, I was I'm helping you, Mason. Gonna, I'm
1: not going to say. It. I'm just going to say Liam Neeson. You know what? Oh, well, you so. do it. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, are you going to talk about the actor?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who is Liam Neeson influenced by? What stories did he read about which character? Uh,
1: well, <laughs> who, did, who is he portraying? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well. Sorry. Well, he uh, Nolan was so getting...
0: weird to say Raish. I agree. With I you.
1: know. I'm so used to Raw. A common mistake.
0: Uh, it is a common mistake.
1: Raish. Okay.
2: It well, sounds like
0: a, it sounds like I went out and I rolled around in some <laughs> ivy and I got a big raish <laughs> all over my. Well, that kind of that's his character.
1: Right? <laughs> it's all over. It's uh, okay, I will say raish just for the sake of making Mason this easy. for Mason. Say, I'm, I'm disappointed with what they did with Talia in the
0: North. Oh, geez.
1: I am too. I agree. I to talk, I okay, okay. Well, I don't know okay. if well, we, we can hear
0: to... Mason talking. But no, when we get there. He'll come to the talking, mic and, okay. and
1: and 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 I he's want him to give to He's talking about his Talia, Talia, his girlfriend. <laughs> Mason loves Talia, but Talia loves. All right. Does. So okay.
0: the first one, Batman Begins, Scarecrow and Rache
1: and Rache
0: yes. Azghul. Yes, and this was influenced by a comic book. I'm right. certain of it.
1: This, well, yes, this, well, this movie is influenced by a lot of comics, actually. But the biggest one, like I said, is Frank Miller's Year One. And even from just the cityscape to when Bruce Wayne witnesses his parents' death and that scene to just him traveling the world. And that part is from The Man Who Falls, which is a series. And the only thing that's different is, Raish al Ghul trains Batman when he doesn't in the comics so that always kind of bothered me but his character was of course based off of the original demon arcs that Dennis O'Neill and Neil Adams created in the early 70s Raish al Ghul Neil, Liam Neeson's character was definitely based off of that Nolan had huge influence with that and even the influence of the tumbler that was introduced in Batman Begins was based off of the Dark Knight Returns Batmobile tank. The design itself was kind of influenced by that. And just the, and even the dynamic between Scarecrow, who kind of was working with Carmine Falcone, the crime boss, that relationship is kind of seen in Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's The Long Halloween. And so you have a lot of different sources that you can pull for Batman Begins. But the biggest one, if you just need to read one arc for Batman Begins, it would be Batman Year One because... The imagery and Gordon's relationship, and just how everything builds up in that film, which is of course an introductory film. It's an origin story. It's it plays really well with Year One, and Year One by itself is a great story. Yeah. So yeah, there are a few there are a few comics that influence influence Batman Begins, and that's the first one. And then we go to 2008's The Dark Knight which still has Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne Batman, and the main villain is the Joker. That was by Heath Ledger.
0: I thought that was actually kind of a cool move to not put the Joker in the first movie.
1: Yes. I think, and I think, I I mean, I like the fact that in the end they reference him like oh there's yeah they tease they tease him with a card right right with a card which that scene is the last scene in batman year one so it's there's a lot of imagery that mirrors that arc which is really cool um but of course there's a lot of joke well there are a lot of joker comics or or yeah kind of Heath
0: Ledger's joker where do you think they got that from
1: I definitely think there was influence from Moore's The Killing Joke and Brubaker's The Man Who Laughs. I think those two for Joker were real were heavy influences just from, from imagery and from the persona and just the chaotic nature and just how dark it was, I think. And then you have another dynamic, which is District, district Attorney Harvey Dent. Who in the movie becomes Two-Face. But you have Dent and Batman and Gordon at a time. And they're trying to stop crime and stop the crime bosses. And that is really reflected from The Long Halloween as well. Just that dynamic. And then you just have... Yeah, it's, it's a lot of the dark... 80s comics that reflected the Dark Knight I think and just the and even some from uh, Starlin's The Cult which was a four issue arc and that was from the 80s that influenced I think the Joker a lot because in that book they show Joker having bombs in his coat. And then, of course, you have the scene in the movie where Heath Ledger shows that he has ticking bombs in his coat. And it's just little things like that where Joker in the man who laughs has, like, a bazooka and shoots it off. And Joker in the movie does the same thing. And it's little hints like that where you see that Nolan and David Goyer, they really picked up on a lot of books to... Shape The Dark Knight even though on its own it's a great story it illustrates the characters I think greatly and like you said a lot of people think that The Dark Knight is one of the greatest superhero movies at least of the past decade some people say ever (laughs) and
0: they do yeah and so and they say that portrayal of Joker is the best portrayal of a superhero slash villain of anyone
1: How that
0: people say that people
1: people do say that that is that is totally right people say say that that. I always wonder and I probably will get emails for this but I always wonder if Heath Ledger did not unfortunately pass away right would that still be the case.
0: Ah. I always wonder that. Is it a sympathy vote?
1: Right. It's not that his Joker wasn't great because it was, but was it as great as people say it was? Is it because...
0: Some people love Jacks?
1: Exactly. Some people say Jack Nicholson's Joker's the best. Yeah. So...
0: I would have to say that the best, in my opinion, is probably Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. (laughs) (laughs) Portrayal of an actor who fits that character. Because he's like...
1: Because he is... Holy right. Is there it anyone
0: just... better in any comic book universe that plays a better character? Uh, maybe Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. I don't know. I think Characters that maybe there insane. might be a, yeah. a great Batman particular character, but they've had so many, right? And each one plays it pretty well. I mean,
1: they bring their own type of. Like I really
0: products. like Michael Keaton as Batman yes, I do and too. Bruce Wayne. I do too. I enjoyed that. I
1: I think he does a, a I think he I think does he, a really good Batman and Bruce. Wayne. Right. That's what's important. Because <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. I think Cause, that's about it.
1: Because like I said, George Clooney I think is the perfect Bruce Wayne, but I don't think I didn't think he was. What do you
0: think about Christian Batman? Bale?
1: I like Christian Bale's. Batman. I think he's. I, I think he played the voice. right. It's the voice that's a little difficult. I mean, they make so
0: many jokes about it. Right. The whole Lego <laughs> Batman is a joke on that voice. Right. <laughs> am I wrong or am I right? No, it
1: is. And I'm but Batman. <laughs> I, but I do. I I did like the way that Christian Bale played the playboy aspect of bruce wayne even though it was fake because that's what that that's what bruce wayne does in the comics he does it like all the time and so i really liked how he did that and but yeah i think his batman was good but the voice was a little hard to to kind of get through but it wasn't bad it wasn't bad and the suit wasn't bad either yeah
0: no listen there was a it was a great trilogy yeah. So we're on The Dark Knight Rises.
1: Yep, we're on The Dark Knight Rises. And
0: that has?
1: And that came out in 2012. And of course, that has Christian Bale. And that has Bang. Tom Hardy as
2: Bane. Yay. Do you want to tell <laughs> him how many times you made me see this in theaters?
1: Let's see if I can remember. Uh, What, 10? 11. 11.
0: 11 times you saw that at the theater. Yes, I did. And how many times have you seen it since?
1: Oh, shit. i don't know (laughs) all that i watch it all the time i put it on all the time is
0: that your favorite movie
1: that is because of
0: bane because of everything
1: that live action that's my favorite movie Ooh. yes but my favorite batman movie is batman mask of the phantasm
0: wow the animated
1: yes so I always have to say live action because live action, this is my favorite.
0: The I gotta Dark watch Max, Mask of the Phantasm that again. Is awesome! <laughs> I saw that in the theaters. So I don't good. remember it being that good, but
1: for me, I I just love it. Oh, no, I, I think trust you. So that that alone is, I could talk an episode. on. All right, all right. I won't. But no, yeah, you should. can later. I not this episode. Uh, not this. <laughs> not this episode because we need to get to Dark Night Rises, which has. Yeah really good comics that were inf- that influenced the film i think
0: well um, give them to me what comics are you talking about
1: well of course the easiest one to go to is batman nightfall or batman 497 the broken bat because bane breaks batman's back in this film and of course that's directly from that arc
0: and i wonder who drew that <laughs>
1: Of course, that brilliant cover is by Kelly Jones.
0: Yes. Yay. Kelly Yay. Jones, the man. <laughs> what a great guest.
1: That was. Uh,
0: so guy, if, if, <laughs> listeners, if this is your first time tuning in, the great thing about podcasts is it's on demand. So go back and listen to the Kelly Jones interview because that guy was awesome. He was. What a great guy. And he was so nice. Very nice. Man. Kelly Jones he's like my favorite now <laughs> based off that
1: interview
0: he really does I mean yeah. you brought to light I just want to commend you because I thought you did a great job on that Thank you. I went I've gone back and looked at his artwork and then taking that in context with the way he talked about it mm-hmm. it makes it even better yeah what a great guy. You can great really artist. see
1: why his work looks the way it does. Oh, yeah. It's very awesome. It is
0: the great thing about having some interviews sometimes is that you really kind of get into the mind of where these artists are coming from and right. how they interpret Batman. Right. It's fantastic. Okay, sorry. No. it's Dark Knight <laughs> Rises. Breaking of Backs. Right. Bane.
1: So, Bane, that's definitely one. The If you look at... No Man's Land was a really huge, I think, part of it because it was the city, once Bane put all the bombs off in the city and then pretty much the U.S. quarantined it kind of like No Man's Land. and So the imagery itself and the storyline definitely matched that arc. And the same thing with the cult, with the policemen being trapped underground and kind of this underground army that Bane had that's definitely an influence even the when even if you think about it when batman in this movie for, between the dark knight and the dark knight rises is supposedly 8 years and batman has gone away from the public eye so when he comes back when he returns he's weak and his bones are brittle and everything and it's the return and so kind of in a way the dark knight returns reflects that and even in the movie when Christian Bale is fixing his leg the he fixes it the same way in Miller's dark knight returns fixing his arm and it's kind of a return of the batman it's not that It's Eight years is still a long period of time from doing crime fighting to going back to the Cape and the Cow. So that in itself is an influence. And even when he's on the Batpod and he's racing down the streets and he comes back for the first time that night and they say it's the return of Batman, that chase scene is really, it really mirrors Paul Pope's Batman Year 100, which is a great arc in itself too. So there are a lot of different comics, I think, that influenced Dark Knight Rises. Of course, Nightfall, No Man's Land, The Cult, Year 100, Dark Knight Returns. All of those, I think, really helped shape this movie. And now, going to the next live-action Batman movie is going to be Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice.
0: And all indications look like it's a...
1: Oh, it's definitely influenced by the Dark Knight Returns. It's Miller's Dark Knight Returns there's no they're, they're not hiding it it's it's not an easter egg it's definitely look look at the suit look at the symbol look, look at the at, age look, of look at the age of bruce, bruce wayne. wayne look at everything his character just everything is very influenced everyone is now curious to see well there's so much influence on batman bruce wayne from miller's dark knight returns what it where what influence is it going to be on the Batman versus Superman part of course that's what everyone's asking they're wondering if it's going to be anything like the book, all like the book, none like the book because you can't really do the book in its entirety because you need to continue the cinematic universe and Batman, I'm sorry, he can't die and then come back and then have his own army of Sons of Batmans underground and not be fighting with the Justice League, which is supposed to be forming in the next films. Right. So
0: is um, are people already moved on to the Ben Affleck Batman solo movie and speculated as to what may be the influence to that? Or are they still stuck on Batman Superman?
1: I think they're still stuck on Batman Superman. I think people are still wondering if Ben is going to co-write and direct hit the solo films i don't think i mean i'm sure people are wondering who's going to be the first villain even though you would think that somewhere joker's going to be in there because suicide squad joker appears and we know that he's part of batman so it's kind of hard to see who's the next i guess the next batman rogue that we would see Mm. But I think people are still stuck on Batman versus Superman. I think they're trying to fi- they're really trying to piece everything together, figure out. Everyone wants to figure out the plot before they see it. I want a new trailer, but I'm going to assume I won't get that till Christmas. Did anything <laughs> come
0: out at New York Comic Con about this movie?
1: For the movie there was more Detail about designing the costumes by uh, um, right and but anything story driven but, but story driven not really there wasn't there were there wasn't any like they're trailer. making you wait now I know but if it comes out March twenty fifth of next year oh my I'm God, it's yeah so I know <laughs> so I'm going to assume that we wouldn't see any footage or trailer probably around Christmas because that's kind of the midpoint of where we are right now because like six months so.
0: In there you have
1: months. it. That's, what, that's my guess. I don't know what Warner Brothers is doing. And everyone is just impatient. Right. I'm impatient because it, it should be good. Should be All good.
0: right. Give me a Dark Knight. Are we done, by the way, with the yeah. movies? Yes. Okay. Can you give me a Dark Knight 3 update?
1: Well, you can listen. And... Yeah, I can <laughs> listen. <laughs>
0: what, wouldn't it be h- hilarious if people start saying Ben Affleck's Batman is the greatest rendition of Batman of all time could it happen
1: you never know you really don't because if you think about it when Jack Nicholson came out with Joker in 89 people like oh he's perfect and then Heath Ledger comes and now like no he's perfect so if Michael Keaton's was oh that's the definitive Batman
0: well that's not the definitive that's the best so far there's a Batman out there that's better I don't know if it's Ben Affleck I mean, he wasn't the perfect daredevil, I'll give you. I'll tell you that right now.
1: <laughs> but he might.
0: But he be, might be he the might perfect be. Batman. He might be. I hope he is.
1: I think he'll do a good job. Like I said, I'm always optimistic, especially when you don't have that much to go off of. Because that'll
0: justify Mason having his poster still on the wall of Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's a falsehood. <laughs> 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 All right.
0: Let's try. Yeah, sorry, Mason. <laughs> All right, so Dark Knight 3 update. Can you give me anything on that?
1: Let's see. Anything you
0: didn't tell me last week that you know of?
1: As of now, it's more just people are getting excited for the variants coming out. I think we said the, the slip case and just... Trying to get more information about the plot. I think.
0: All right? Can can you do you know anything about the controversy of the Superman uh, drawing that Frank Miller did? Oh, the outline the of outline, his yeah, genitalia. Yes,
1: that is. Is
0: that an actual outline of the genitalia? I didn't inspect it that Once closely. Once it is
1: seen, it cannot be unseen. Hello. So, like, if you look it's like at
0: the Supreme it, Supreme and... Court. I, I, you know, porn. <laughs> pornography when you see it
1: <laughs> but it's when i first when i first saw the entire image i didn't go straight there but when someone's like hey look then i looked and now it's it's, just it's there. there
0: and that's where your eyes go
1: right because i i didn't see that i just saw a very cartoonish rendition of superman it's, I,
0: it's superman's I own adam <laughs> not a d a
1: so yes, I I have read articles and stories about that, but I of course I really don't think that that was Miller's what he intended. Intention, to do. of course.
0: Although Frank Miller, he might he's an honorary dude. Maybe he might he may like, come just... out
1: and say, you know what, I sure did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Like,
0: have you heard anything from him? What he said about this? I haven't heard one thing from him.
1: No, I don't think he... I've
0: heard from Jim Lee. I've heard from...
1: No, it's... I've heard from... That one.
0: Nanny. Yeah, Oh, we're looking at the picture. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> everyone should look on the picture. Go right. to
1: Right, but what I love is that this cover, DC described it as Miller's distinct line because I don't... Because everyone else was like, they did not like it. But of course, you can't say we don't like it. <laughs> right. So I always like to see kind of what 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 PR does it. Well, so it do is very amazing. It,
0: it it's very interesting because
1: <laughs> it's hard to see. Uh, you you have to really look for it. Exactly. You but have to look. But people are for looking
0: it. for it. I
1: mean, yeah, you have to look for it because if you just show the picture and we had said nothing about it, you you wouldn't know. But no, actually, Miller was on panel at NYCC, which was a big surprise to everyone, but I don't believe he addressed the cover. Did and he
0: address... Oh, but do you know what he addressed?
1: I, it was all very generic, in a sense, mm. because they didn't let out anything about the plot. Right. They still... It, it's really...
0: Still under wraps.
1: Yeah, and I'm just waiting for them to say something. But I've seen the covers, and I've seen... Interior and everything, and it's pretty. It's it looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm really excited. I, for I saw it. some
0: of the artwork, and it does yeah, look pretty it cool. It looks really keeping great. the homage to the original Frank Miller paneling. Yes, and yet with a new artist, I think it's right. really going to be a neat collaboration.
1: It's going to be really great. I mm-hmm. agree.
0: Well, and we better hope because it could be the first one or it could be the second one. <laughs> And I'm talking about strikes again. Yeah, in and,
1: and well, I don't think it's going to. No, they're be not like going to let it. No, I mean, there's so many different creators on it. Yeah, I think it's gonna. It's gonna be. They're really gonna keep good. it tight. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good.
0: All right. Well, people <laughs> are down and ready for it. So I think we're good to go tonight. This has uh, been great. Any. Other wonderful things that you need to ask London about, listeners, you can reach her at...
1: Historyofthebatman at gmail.com. Send me, if you want to talk about other influences on the films or if you have topics of your own that you want to hear on the podcast or any questions and comments, I I read it all. So you can email me at historyofthebatman.com at gmail.com you can reach out to me on instagram at instagram.com slash history of the batman reach me on twitter i am new to twitter but it's fun (laughs) so reach out at twitter.com slash hist of the batman and i'm on facebook so reach out to me at facebook.com slash history of the batman so yes i read every comment, oh, yeah. email, tweet, everything. So,
0: And our girl Sarah can attest to that.
1: Yes, and thank you Sarah. I hope that this is what you were looking for and you enjoyed this episode and thank you so much for emailing me at historyofthebatman.gmail.com
0: at Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, London. i just like to tell all the listeners right now to go on the internet. Go to expo dot com. sign up for tickets sign up for tickets i don't know if you sign up for tickets but you go buy the tickets you enter the promo code melt m-e-l-t and who are some of the people that are going to be there that are related to batman london
1: that are going to be at kamikaze, kamikaze well grant morris oh yeah that guy yeah Mike McNola. Uh, what about
0: Jim Lee, who Jim just got Lee's announced? Didn't be he there. have something to do yeah, with Batman? Just
1: a little bit. Even
0: Stan Lee reimagined Batman, <laughs> which we yes, learned last there's
1: week. Be tons of, of amazing creators, cosplayers, everything. It's going to be a huge Halloween
0: party. You're on a panel. <laughs>
1: I'm on a panel on Halloween.
0: I mean, this is the place to be. So come, Kamikaze, enter the promo code MELT, M-E-L-T, and get discounts on your tickets. Also, here at Meltdown in Hollywood, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Check out MeltComics.com to figure it out. We also have a wonderful newsletter that we are now sending out that really breaks down what's going on what you missed and how you can get involved one of the things you can get involved with is Meltthology it's a monthly comics jam at Meltdown it's the every third Tuesday of the month here's how it works show up at Meltdown at 7pm draw a page of whatever you want at 9.30pm the artwork is collected and so is $3 because when you come back the next month You'll get a complete zine with everyone's contributions inside. There is no set theme, and all skill levels are welcome. Just come, draw, hang out, meet new people. It is awesome and I highly recommend it. Also, there's Meltdown University. It's actually a school at a comic book store. So you go there. They teach you the skills to make comic books. Some of the current classes include creating comics, drawing comics for kids, which my kid is in and loves it, and the art of inking. There's always new classes. One, I think they're doing a Photoshop right now, so go to meltcomics.com and enroll. Also, like to shout out Comics Fix. If you like to binge read your comics and you're having trouble tracking down all the back issues, Comics Fix is your answer. It's a monthly digital subscription service where you pay a fee and read as much as your heart desires. I do know that the first month is free, so go check it out and read away. We heard, or I heard, or you heard, or everyone has heard about the other Meltdown podcast programming that we got going on because we mentioned it today history of the batman supports the disney click this is where rick and briars talk everything in the magic kingdom and obviously from what mason has told us and informed us they're talking marvel so if you like that go check it out i'm sure they're talking about star wars i'm sure they're talking about new pixar movies because disney seems to be running things So go check it out. Also, there's Meltcast 3.0 where Melt employees talk new comics and get into other shenanigans. I keep on saying shenanigans. I'm not even sure if you know what that means. That's why you got to listen. So check out Meltcast 3.0. Also on YouTube, we have the Digital Lizards of Doom, Meltdown's very own YouTube show where Gabe and Dan explore pop culture. We have a new show, Eats and Geeks. You got to check this out. If you like to bake, to cook, to do whatever in the kitchen and you want to have a geek style theme to it, check it out. The first episode was about how to make Super Mario cupcakes,
1: which was awesome. Oh yeah. I'm waiting for Batman cupcakes.
0: I think you know what she might end up doing. Is a history of the Batman themed <sighs> bakery good or something or other i
1: know if she does i i want to be on that episode (laughs) yeah i want to i want to i might i might be on there randomly (laughs) i just want to get
0: the food you can go on it's much more fun for you to be on and for people to see you than me they can they can just i just want to eat that food anyway eats and geeks just go to Mel comics on the top of the page there is a Icons for each of the shows that I'm talking about, so go check it out. History of the Batman with London is presented by Meltdown Comics. I'm Adam Silverstein. The show is produced and engineered by the great Mason Booker. Mason, thanks for hanging out tonight, and we will see you later next week. To all our great fans and listeners, London.
1: He's loving Batman.
0: There you go. See you next week.